You know what my hope is tonight? I'm, I'm going to be straight up. My hope is tonight is that hands go up and say yes to Jesus at the end of this, this talk. People say yes to Jesus. People storm this altar ready to get saved because they've understood and heard the gospel message of Jesus. So I want to read to you some verses tonight. I have one rule tonight. Ready? One rule for you. It is number one. First rule tonight is to let God speak. Anybody taking notes tonight? Man, we love to take notes here at church. We, we love to write down what God tells us. So anyway, you feel comfortable, take some notes out. The title of tonight's talk is this. Very basic. It's very ordinary. It's very regular. But I believe it has power. This statement sometimes is overlooked. This aspect of God sometimes isn't preached about. I don't know why. Because if you ask me, this statement, this, this, this standpoint, this action and, and move of God in this way is really a message that the world needs to hear in 2018. This message of Jesus to the church today, to the world today, is an important message. Amen. The title of, my, of, of tonight's talk, the title of it, I hope it doesn't just go by your head. I hope if, you're, if it's your first time here at church, you don't really go to church, you, know, you don't really know about this Jesus thing. Listen, well, one thing I want to let you know tonight is that Jesus died for you while you were still a sinner. Shout out tonight, so I want you to write it, while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for you. While you were still a sinner in your broken ways, your dirty ways, your messed up ways, Jesus died for you. And that's a little crazy because the Bible says this. You can understand someone dying for, 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 for someone who's worth dying for, but you weren't even worth dying for. You had so much sin, so much dirt in you and around you. You let it consume you. You let the darkness take over. What Jesus did is he looked at a world that was dark and broken. And he said, listen, I'm going to step in and do what none of them can do. I'm going to step into their story and give them a new ending. I'm going to do it while they're still sinners. That is crazy. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make something so that everyone can get saved. I'm available to everyone. But see, God, he's a gentleman. He leads you a certain way. He won't push you a certain way. He'll lead you. He won't push you. He leads you to his presence, to say yes, to get saved, to join a church. He's leading you, but he's never pushing you. He's walking you through this thing, but he's never pushing you through it. I'm sorry if church people push you through your process. I'm sorry if people claim Jesus and push you towards perfection. Because this isn't about performance. This is about relationship. Relationship with Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, I'm going to die for the world while they're still sinners. This whole talk is based off this verse tonight. Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. Let's read together. You see, at just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, this goes against what the world is saying. Because I don't know if you ever heard what the news is saying. I don't know if you ever heard what people that talk about the church and talk about Jesus. Everyone is screaming that God is mad at you. 
The enemy is actually the devil. There's a devil out there. There's an enemy. And if you are in Christ, you're a child of God. He has no power over you. You have, come on, you have strength. Come on, there's, there's no way creation can have a fight with the creator. I mean, let's be honest. So if you're a believer, if you're a child of God, you're covered. But there's an enemy that he, he's trying to destroy your mind. He's trying to destroy your steps. He's trying to destroy your future. And you know what the enemy wants to tell you? You know what almost kept you from coming to church today? If you ever talk to people, man, I, I didn't know if I wanted to come today because I had to get myself right. I had to get myself ready. What does that mean? Why, why, why wouldn't you just come as you are? Why wouldn't you just come broken? Why wouldn't you just come in, in your addiction? Why wouldn't you just come with all the sin you had? I know you just smoke. Why don't you come in smelling like smoke? Come on. Why don't you just come into the church? I don't know if I can come because I need to get myself right. Meaning something is incorrect when you come into the church broken. Something doesn't sit well with you when you're walking into the church and you just did something last night. Something doesn't sit right within you. But I want to let you know something. God isn't mad at you. God is madly in love with you. I want to tell somebody tonight, listen, God isn't mad at you. He's madly in love with you. You know that feeling when you're doing something bad? That's called conviction. It's God tapping you on the shoulder, saying, listen, you're sinning. Go this way. Man, if you're feeling convicted, you should be of good courage. If you're feeling convicted, you should be a good cheer. You still have sensitivity to the voice of God. You're allowing him to speak to you still. You're allowing him to work in you still. The enemy wants to tell you that God's going to condemn you. Oh, you messed up? He's going to condemn you. Oh, you failed him? He's going to condemn you. But my Bible says seven times I fall. Come on, if I'm righteous and I believe, seven times I stand up. I'm called to move forward. See, condemnation tells you to stay where you're at. Don't move. Conviction taps you on the shoulder and points you to a new future. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me tell you what Jesus did for you. You say it all the time. Jesus did this. Let me tell you what Jesus did for you. Number one, he came to serve you. He came to serve you. And let me prove it to you in Scripture, Matthew 20. It says this, just as the Son of Man did not come to be saved, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve you. Jesus came to serve a purpose. Jesus didn't come to, 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 to establish an earthly kingdom. No, he came to establish a church to promote a heavenly kingdom. He came with a purpose. Jesus came to serve you. Man, I love going out to restaurants. Anybody love going out to restaurants? Man, if you count how much money you spend on restaurants, you'll probably end up like two, three hundred bucks a week. I mean, if you're being honest. I mean, if I'm being honest, right? Man, I love, like, any day I'm going to Applebee's over McDonald's. That's, like, any day. Whatever. I went to a restaurant the other day. Really great waiter. Really great waiter. She was just awesome. She was all over the place. Don't you love when the waiter asks you if you want a refill before your cup's empty? Isn't that awesome? It's like, oh, wait, you're on top of the game. I didn't even know I was thirsty yet. Man, I love good service. I love great waiters. I, I heard a friend once, this is a crazy story. He, he, he sits down, he puts the tip on the table. He says, listen, here's the tip. If you do a good job, it stays on the table. Every time you mess up, you take a dollar off. I was like, I gave him so much respect. I'm like, thank you for being honest, right? Just being up front. Here's my tip, bro. Love good service. I love it. 
You see, service, service, service brings something to you. Rather, service brings something out of you. When people serve you. Don't you like when people serve you? You feel good? Went to, I went to Bahama Breeze. Man, the service was amazing. Like, let's go. We love being served. And man, if men serve each other with some type of like respect and dignity, how much more do you think God wants to serve you? How much more does God, when he created you, how much more do you think he wants to serve you? You see, Jesus paints this picture. He says something amazing. He says this, listen, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And watch this. I'm going to take it a step deeper. No one goes to the Father except through me. What is he saying? Listen, I, I didn't come for, for you to just, just feel better. No, I came for you to have access to the Father. Man, you know what Jesus is? Jesus is a bridge from man to the kingdom of God. Jesus came to serve you. Jesus came to sustain you. Jesus came to, to, to give you everything you need and to push you forward and to walk you through life. That's what Jesus came for. And here's another thing Jesus came for. Not only did Jesus come to serve you, I love this, Jesus came to forgive you. That's what he came for. I came to bring forgiveness once and for all. Jesus said something amazing. Listen, I, I, I died for your sins past, present. And future. I'm going to take it all away in one shot. Jesus came to forgive you. Jesus came to clean your slate. That's why he showed up. Man, we need to see more jacked up people in church, y'all. You shouldn't feel good leaving your purse at your bench to go to the bathroom. You might get robbed. I don't know about you, but to hear that I'm one decision away of my entire life being erased. Man, how much crazy people should be in here? I'm crazy. Man, how much more wild people? Church, we're so comfortable with just our friends. Sometimes, listen, you're here tonight, and I know this isn't, you know, evangelism night, but listen, God, if God did something to you correctly, it should flow through you. So, man, if you're here tonight, man, I want to encourage you to keep on spreading the message of Jesus because he came to forgive. He came to wipe sleets away, white as snow. Come on, he came to give you a new start. He came to forgive you. He came to forgive you. Man, if you, do you feel the forgiveness in the room right now? Presence of God? Let me translate the, the stuff you feel inside right now. You feel that right now? We're in the middle of worship all overnight. You felt that? That's the Holy Spirit. He's working in you. He's speaking to you. Man, he's, for, he's forgiving you. When you step into the presence of God, you step into love. You step into forgiveness. You step into peace. You step into joy. Man, you step into your future. Jesus came to forgive. I love this verse. People don't really preach it too much. Micah. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. I love this. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. You take all of our sins and you cast it away to the deepest, darkest ocean. And you forget about it. But man, church, don't we remember our sins more than God forgets about it? Don't we bring up what God's already done sometimes? 
Don't we always remind them, but God, I'm doing this, but God, I'm struggling with it, but God, I'm doing this. And God said, listen, I already forgave you. Let's stand up and move forward. It's like it's someone who's still stuck on the next. Can't get over him. Can't move on. Man, you don't know, man, she broke my heart. That was like five years ago. And you were in the sixth grade. You didn't even know who you were. What's your number? You don't remember. It wasn't real loud if you don't remember the phone number. You leave that right there. And y'all are here like, oh, I got to learn her number. <laughs> 407-744-1262. out to my girl. Hold up. Anyways, stop. Man, you ever met someone that hasn't moved on? Still stuck on something? Still stuck on the past? Still stuck on what they did? Still stuck on how they used to live? Ever met someone who's still stuck on the past? You remember how much party you used to, we used to throw, bro? You used to be crazy. You remember how crazy those nights were? I don't remember. I don't remember. I blacked out. And it's like, are you walking towards Jesus or are you walking towards the world? Are you walking in a new future or are you holding on to your past? Listen, if Jesus forgot my past, I'm never looking back. If Jesus forgets my wrongs, I'm looking forward. I'm believing for the best. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm not going to dwell on it. He forgave me. Imagine God saying, all right, I know you feel bad. Listen, I didn't call you to feel condemned. I called you to feel loved, to feel like grace is all over you. Yeah, you messed up, man. Stand up and move forward. Let's keep going. Isn't it a shame that God is so, so many times he's like 10 steps ahead of us, and we're just still stuck on one thing. God, how? If this and how? God's like, man, just walk in me. I'll move you forward. Jesus came to serve. Jesus came to forgive. And lastly, Jesus came to take your place. He came to take your place. Some in, in, in theology, in doctrine, we believe as a church, it's a fundamental belief as our church, we believe in the substitutionary work on the cross. We, we, we believe this, hear me, it's all from the Bible, that Jesus was your substitute for the cross. He took your place. You were in your sin. You were in your darkest moments. You were in complete darkness. And because of your living, because of your sin, guess what? Someone needs to pay the price for all that bad doing. Someone needs to face a sentence for all that wrong you did. Someone needs to pay the consequences for all the sins you've committed. And Jesus says, listen, you can never, ever solve that issue. I'm going to come to take your place. I'm going to come to get on that cross to die the death that we were supposed to die. I'm going I'm to take it. It says in Romans 5, 6 through 8. You see, at just the right time, we were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely would anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die, but... God demonstrates his own love for us in this. And while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. See, I love sports. I love sports. I'm, we're a sports family. My uncle, he's a professional basketball player. I look up to him. 
and in the sixth grade, I noticed I wasn't growing anymore. My mom was a short Puerto Rican woman. It stopped at five, three and a half, all right? That's where it's it. So I gave up my hoop dreams. I mean, I'm still a, still a sports family. Never really into football, but I heard a story once about a football coach who, who's getting his team together. And, 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 and here's the thing. Sometimes sports, in sports, I don't know if you know this, you can't play if your GPA is not too good. You're not allowed to play. It's like 2.0. If you're not a 2.0, you can't play. I can't tell you how many amazing people didn't do sports because their GPA was low. Like, whatever. Another story. So I remember this coach gets together. Everyone, there's a couple students in the group that he's about to cut off the football team because they don't have the right GPA. He's about to cut them out. You know what he does? He, he, he has a, like a parent-teacher conference where the coach sits down with the student and the parent, and, and, and the parents are, are begging the coach, right? They're begging, please don't cut him off the team. Please don't cut him off the team. He loves this thing. I can just imagine this, the, the actual dude, like the football kid, like, coach, I get it right this semester. I'll, I'll go a little more in on homework. I, I'll turn everything on time. And he was a little discouraged, and, and this is the, what the coach stepped in. He said this, he said, listen, You'll always have a spot on this team. Always. But what determines your playing time is if you live up, if you live up to your fullest potential. You're a great guy. You have a great talent. But until you step up into your fullest potential, you won't play again. And, and here's the thing. I think God is looking at you right now. And he's saying, you have so much potential so much ahead of you. There's so much purpose for, like you think the blessings of God is good now? Imagine years from now. You think God's just, you're feeling good in ministry and you're feeling good in life and maybe you're not feeling good at all. God has more for you. And, and, and God always looks into your potential. You see, potentially if you get saved today, you have a spot in this kingdom. Potentially if you raise your hand at the end of tonight, say I want Jesus, I want Jesus, you have a potential to be a citizen of heaven. And for God to just pour his love on you like never before. While we are still sinning, Christ died for us. Every head bow, every eye closed. The worship team, come up, please. Every head bow, every eye closed. Nobody moving. Please, everyone sit still and quiet. This is a moment. That I believe is going to change so many people's lives tonight. Every head by every eye closed. Hear the sound of my voice. I'm going to have the worship team come up, please. Hear, hear the sound of my voice. Every head by every eye closed. Just focus on the sound of my voice. Listen, tonight is the night to get saved. You know what the Bible says it is to get saved? You know what it takes? The Bible says to, get, to be saved... You just need to confess that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. You need to confess that Jesus is Lord. All you have to do tonight is confess and make a decision to be a follower of Jesus. Make a decision to be a part of this family. I just want to encourage you. Listen, the moment of salvation is right now. I'm going to pass you by. So on the count of three, if you want Jesus in this room tonight, if you want Jesus on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want Jesus. 
If you want Jesus, I want you to raise your hand and count of three. John, look at me. I want you to raise, raise your hand and count of three if you want Jesus, all right? No one looking around, stay real calm and quiet. Man, maybe you made this decision a long time ago and you need to make it again. Maybe you need to rededicate yourself tonight. Go ahead and raise your hand on the count of three. Maybe you've been so far off from Jesus. You didn't know there was a way out. You didn't know that God has so much grace for you. God has so much love for you. God has such a purpose for you. See, right now on the count of three, if you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I'm just asking you to raise your hand on the count of three, unafraid, unashamed, that that's you ready. One, the moment of salvation is right now. Don't let it pass you by. Two, come on, let the Holy Spirit lead you into a life of submission. Holy Spirit, touch your church right now. That's you. One, two, three. If you want Jesus, shoot your hand up right now, unafraid, unashamed. Hands are going up all over this place. Hands are going up all over this room. Here we go. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six.